As we turn back to Matthew one eighteen, chapter one, verse eighteen, <clears throat> I'm gonna get a little po- political. Here's the question. Some of you may not even know what I mean by this. So really show where you're at. So here's the question. Are you guys woke? Are you woke? See, the idea of woke or wokeness is the idea that, hey, you know what? You've been asleep. You don't know. You're not aware. You don't get it. Right? And so, hey, it's, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Open your eyes to see what's really happening around you. Well, today we're going to read Matthew 18, the first guy who got woke. And that was Joseph. Joseph was woke. But see, here's the thing. We're not talking about politics. We're, we're talking about having your eyes blinded, your heart closed to understanding who Jesus Christ is, who God is. There's there's nothing that can be worse than being blinded to understanding that. The idea of of wokeness today, politically, it's a ridicule. It's a mock. It's a laughing. You, You don't even know. You don't even get it. You're not woke. It's, it, it's, it's a phrase. It's not even a complete sentence. You know, it, it doesn't even, it, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, a paraphrase. So intentionally, it's also meant to, if you're in the dark and you don't know, you're still not going to know, even as I'm mocking you to your face. Completely opposite is how God works. Completely opposite is God's desire to say, you know what? I want you to know. I want to wake you up. And in so many different ways, from page one in Genesis all the way through the scriptures, God is is helping us to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to open our ears to an understanding. How can you exist on this earth, be in this country, be in this nation, and not understand who Jesus Christ is? Heck, we celebrate his birth every December. We celebrate his death in the spring. And yet, so many people don't get it. So many people are closed. They're not woke. And so, they make up things. Do you realize that in December, there's 14 different religious holidays? Do you think that's by accident or as part of counterfeiting and part of deception and part of denial is, well, if you can flood the, the airways, if you can flood the mind with, with, with competing ideas, well, then enough people will listen and it'll dilute the real message. And so today we have competing ideas. In fact, I... 
I saw a, you know, I don't, I don't Facebook all that much, um, but I saw somebody that was on my thread and somebody that I know I knew a while ago and, and on there, they were, they were commenting about how, how you shouldn't be offended as a Christian. If somebody says happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, because after all, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on in Christmas. Um, in fact, what you should do as a Christian is you should respect the fact that there are other holidays and other things going on. And I was thinking about that and meditating on that a little bit. It's like, you know, did you even consider, and this is a believer who put this out, did you even consider the respect of your Savior? Did, did you think about that at all? How you disrespect Jesus Christ by not saying Merry Christmas. What are you afraid of? I mean, of all times, Christmas is like that, that one time where you actually have kind of free reign to, to say something like this, and it doesn't even necessarily mean anything, right? I mean, just because you say that, it doesn't, you know, you're not exactly preaching the gospel. So what is Christmas then? Is Christmas one of the 14 different kind of religious holidays? Is Christmas, you know, Santa Claus and snowmen and the Grinch and, you know, all that other stuff? Um, or is it a great reminder of, of the identity of who Jesus is? This is the incarnate Son of God. Now, that's crazy talk out there. Out there, that's, you want to talk about not being woke. You're, you're like completely the other way. You, you believe in a, in a delusion. Christianity, the hallmark of Christianity is believing in a triune Godhead of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Three being one God and one God only and one God alone. And beside him, there is no other God, period. And that God, in his triune Godhead, the, the Son, Jesus, Emmanuel, is sent by God himself to be born, the incarnate Son of God. This is God in human flesh. That's Christmas. That's a big matzo ball. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in, and that's why we study it. And that's why we need to understand this, because if this plan does not take place, if, if God does not take the bull by the horns and say, you know what? There's only one way to save mankind from their sin. I've got to do it. I will do it myself. And, and the scripture is saying, 1 John, God loved us. He loved us. So he sent us his son to die on the cross for our sins. God did not need the blood of bulls and goats. He did it himself. But there's a, a cover-up. There's an attack. There's a, there is a battle against Christ, against Christianity. This morning I googled, you know, googled images. Christmas. Seems fairly innocuous, right? I mean, you just Google Christmas. What's going to show up? 
the 41st picture was the first picture that had anything to do with a cross or Jesus or Mary or Joseph or the birth of Christ. The 41st picture in Googling Christmas, you, you think there's a diversion of what Christmas is. The first 100 photos, which means you have to scroll a while, right, to get down there. The first 100 pictures, there were still just one. Um, so there's a, a cover up. There's a, a hiding of what Christmas truly is. You're not going to find the meaning of Christmas in the world, in the secular world. You're not going to find the meaning of Christmas at a secular school. It's not there. He's not there. And so today we get an opportunity to celebrate what, what Christmas really is. We get to celebrate three great proclamations that we see right here in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we celebrate that the Holy Spirit proclaims that this child is the son of David. This child is the son of David. The Holy Spirit proclaims that this, is, this child is Jesus. And then we see that the Holy Spirit proclaims that this child will be called Emmanuel. So again, remember in Matthew 1, we talked about last week that, that there, were, there there's a, a preordained plan that from Abraham to David, there were 14 generations. Matthew 1, verse 17. From David to the deportation to Babylon. The Babylonians came and conquered Israel, divided the nation, took them captive. Okay, so from David to Babylon, there were 14 generations. And then after that, Israel was in a, a state of confusion, a state of darkness. And from that point to Christ, there were 14 more generations. And so we had a great longing for the people of Israel, a great longing for the people of God, wanting, waiting for Jesus to come, the Messiah to come. And it was in that darkness that the great hope appeared. We learned last week that Jesus proclaimed himself as the great I am, right? Before Abraham was, I am. Again, that great picture and that great reminder when Moses is, is speaking with God. And he says, God, what's your name? Well, what do I go back and tell everybody? And he says, I am who I am. Another great picture that this is going to be the incarnate Son of God. So how does this happen? Well, Matthew 1 verse 18, we see and we get to celebrate Christmas by understanding that the, the Holy Spirit proclaims this child to be the son of David. What does that mean? Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Again, remember we learned last week in Luke 1 that this is this is an eyewitness account, by the way, right? Eyewitness account. Believe me, the people of the day would have loved to have swept the Jesus story under the carpet. There's no denying in human history that Jesus was born. So the question then is, well, then who is this Jesus? And, and so in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. 
And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Well, we see that the, the Holy Spirit intervenes here. That the, the birth of Jesus was as follows. Uh, Mary, who was betrothed, who was engaged, who was legally, contractually obligated to um, Joseph and Mary were contracted to one another. Much like our, our engagements are now, where there's, there's a promise that there is a promise of, of, of marriage, that there's a, a process, a legal process that you're heading towards. But even more so, there was a contractual agree, agreement where you had to pay into this. So as you, as you pay into engagement, you also then had to pay out. So, so legally binding, there was a contractual agreement. And so Joseph and Mary are betrothed to one another. They're engaged now. I could imagine, seeing how I had a daughter that was engaged for 16 years, and now I have two sons that were being engaged for about 16 minutes. Um, but I can get my mind wrapped around the concept on both sides. On, on, on the guy's side and on the girl's side. And let me tell you something. Daddy would not be happy on either side if all of a sudden, by the way, during our engagement, I'm with child, right? Neither side's a good option here. Okay, I've got questions. I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of concerns. Um, doubt, anger, consequences, right? Um, and so that's the position that this man, Joseph, is in. So as he's engaged and all of a sudden he finds that his wife is to be, his wife-to-be is to be with child. By the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not possible. Well, actually, being the Bereans that we are, being that we've been studying the Old Testament, isn't that the only way we have babies? Is by the Holy Spirit? Isn't that what we keep learning? We think it's us, right? But God reminds us, says, let me double down. Let me just make sure you get this. I will make you barren and I will make you older than Arden. You can't have kids, okay? We're going to set this thing up to where you get it. I'm in charge. I make life. I've made it from the beginning. So, a couple thousand years later, when you read Matthew 1.18, you go, well, how can a child be born by the Holy Spirit? That is not a big jump for you at all, is it? It sounds actually pretty normal because you've been studying the Bible. You've seen example after example of Sarah, Rebecca, right? You've seen right here in Elizabeth. So it's okay. I get that. I get it. But now Joseph, that's another deal. 
Because Brother Joseph is a, he's a little bit more closer to the situation. Verse 19, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man. Joseph is a good man. And being that he's good, he doesn't want to disgrace her. He cares for her. And so he plans to put her away secretly. Did you notice that? Joseph ain't woke. He ain't down with the deal. Right? He, he's not going, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, totally get it. I'm in. No. Joseph's out. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. But he's out. I'm going to get out of this contract. But I'll do it nicely. I'll do it. I'm a gentleman. And so that's his desire. Verse 20. But when he had considered this, so it's not like he's running around town telling everybody. When he's thinking this, when he's considering this, yes, the Lord knows what you're thinking. When he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Have we seen this before? Yes, we have. This is not, should not be shocking that we see an angel of the Lord appearing to man in dreams. This has happened. Saying, Joseph, and I love this phrase, Joseph, son of David. Now, you and I kind of only understand and know Joseph as son of David. But when you read this, does Joseph know who he is? Did Joseph forget who he was? Because you know who Joseph is? Joseph is in the line of kingship. And here he is, just a normal guy living, living life. He's not living like a king. He's not proclaiming himself as king. He's not, none of that's taken place at all. He's just a guy. He just goes to the, the census to, to check in, to mark his name down. And, oh, but yeah, by the way, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm part of the Davidic, you know, royal family line. No big deal. That's a big deal, right? You and I cannot make that claim. If we were going to go to the registry, to the census, um, you know what? If you were linked to George Washington, right? And if America had their presidents according to, to family birth, and you were going down to the King County Courthouse, and you're going, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a Washington. At some point, does it like, wait a second. If I'm a Washington, Jay Inslee, wait, am I, shouldn't I be in charge of this thing? Not Jay Inslee? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm in the line of the king. He doesn't think, he's not thinking this at all. And I love this phrase, Joseph, son of David. Do you know who you are? Let me remind you who you are. You were the son of the king. Do not, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Why? For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This is a miraculous thing that's about to take place. Turn with me to Luke one twenty six. Luke one twenty six. 
Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Do you see who this, this child is? This child is of the throne of David, of, of, of Jacob's lineage. His, his kingdom will have no end, no end. And so this then is what Joseph is not woke to. He's blinded to this. He's forgotten this. He hasn't thought about this. He's, it's just not a part of the program. So the first way we celebrate Christmas is this this proclamation by the Holy Spirit that that Jesus is the son of David. This is the son of David, the king of the Jews. That's exciting. That's the great Christmas proclamation here. And his king, his throne is coming. Well, the second proclamation then is the Holy Spirit proclaims the child as Jesus. And you think, wait, but yeah, that doesn't seem very insightful at all. Isn't that his name, Jesus? Well, we learn another little tidbit. Verse 21, and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Okay, I get it. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus is not just a name. It's not just a name, much like Christ. Christ is not his last name. Christ is the Christ, the Messiah, the King. It's a title. But you know what? Jesus also has a double meaning as well. Jesus' name means Yahweh, which is God's name in the, in the Hebrew. Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. So all of a sudden now you have the Holy Spirit telling Joseph, okay, th- this child is, is of king lineage. And his name is going to be Yahweh saves. You see the buildup here. Not just a king, but a savior too. Um, and save from what? Save from what? The big mistake that Israel, the nation, makes when Jesus is born, walking on the face of the earth is? They get the, they get the wrong idea of who Jesus is. Again, it's essential that we get the right God. It's essential we understand the right Jesus. If you're expecting just a king to come on earth and conquer enemies and get back the Philistines and get back the Canaanites and the Babylonians and the Persians and now the Romans and set up his kingdom on earth and be the king and destroy everybody and Israel reigns, well, you got the wrong king. That's a future promise. But right now, this king is coming 
Yahweh saves. Saves what? Verse 21. He will save his people from their sins. Listen, I, I, I would love to be saved from the turmoil of COVID. I would love to be saved from financial obligation. I would love to be saved from, you know, failing health and eyes and all that stuff's great. But saving forgiveness from my sin? Well, that's something I can't take care of myself. That's something that's too big. There's, there's too much debt. There's too much there that, that this coming child is Jesus, as Yahweh saves, and he's, his, his mission, the name itself, is a proclamation of purpose. The purpose then of Jesus is going to be to save us from our sins. Now, right away, we should have had, a, or they should have had an understanding of Jesus' mission. Of course, they're going to miss it, right? Part of that's because they want a king who's going to conquer. They don't want a king who's going to save. If they had thought about it for five seconds and thought, okay, if, if this Jesus is coming to save, then either he's got to be some kind of ultimate high priest, because that's what high priests do, right? They make sacrifices for sin and atonement, or, which this is really going to get out there, he himself is going to make sacrifice for sin and for atonement payment of sin. But whichever way, that's where their mindset should have been, the saving from their sin, but it wasn't. In Matthew um, 3, chapter 3, 1 through 12, we get a picture. Matthew 3, 1 through 12. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent. Repent? What does that mean? That means stop Sinning, stop doing what you're doing. Turn around and go the other way. That's what repent means. Stop it. Why? Well, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. For this is the one referred by Isaiah, the prophet. John the Baptist is going. He's preaching on, on the corners. He's preaching in the hillside. Hey, you need to repent. The kingdom of heaven is here. The one that Isaiah was referring to. The prophet saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make ready the way of the Lord. The Lord, the Messiah, the Christ is coming. Make straight his paths. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather about his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan as they confessed their sins. As they confessed their sins. See, you have to immediately tie in that the birth of, of the Christ, that the birth of Jesus, he came on, on, on a mission, on a purpose to save us from our sins. That's exactly what John the Baptist is saying. Here he comes. The one who saves people. So confess your sins, repent from your sins. This is the program we're heading towards. So the child being born is born 
for the mission and the purpose of saving. Well, the third way we celebrate Christmas in Matthew is the, the Holy Spirit's proclamation that this child is Emmanuel. This, this child is the son of David. Is that not enough? The son of David, the coming king. We haven't had a king in, in years, 500 years. That, that wasn't enough. No, he's also, name him Jesus. He's going to save you from your sins. Okay, well, how is all this happening? Well, it's because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 22, now all this took place. All this took place. That which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Remember, 700 years earlier, Isaiah the prophet has, has, has written down, this is what's going to happen. And now this is what's taking place. Verse 23, behold, the virgin shall be with child, Mary, and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. This is the incarnate son of God. This is not just a man. This is 100% man, 100% God. At the same time, impossible, true. That's why he's God and you're not. That's what makes him God. That's the uniqueness of him. That's the difference. Why is it that we have this Greek and Roman hangover that our God has to be like us? Our God is not like us. By definition, would you want to serve another man or person like you? No, I want somebody who's infinitely wise. I want somebody who's infinitely knowing. I want somebody who's omnipresent. I want somebody who is so completely, utterly different that his, his mysteries and his secrets are beyond my utter fathom. Because... That is part of what makes him uniquely God. That is the triune Godhead, the Trinity three in one. That blows my mind. That's God. Nothing like him. That's why that God can come down incarnately, Christ as 100% God and 100% man. That is what uniquely makes him. That's what is unique to Christianity. And by the way, there is no other way. This is exclusive. It's an exclusive club. It's an exclusive belief. It's an exclusive God. The great Shema in Deuteronomy 6. There is but one God and one God alone beside him. There is no other. That's why the world hates us. Because they know what we're saying. What we're saying is the 14 other religious holidays that are taking place in December, I don't respect because they're false religions. They're an attack against my God. They're an attack against my religion. Why would, I, why would I respect that? It doesn't mean I have to be a jerk. It doesn't mean I have to be rude or impolite. In fact, I, I need to be loving. I need to be winsome. I, I need to, to kindly explain to them what the truth is. But, but I don't have to join up with that. I don't have to unite with that. I, I'm, I'm not polytheistic here. We don't just add another one to the table. No. The exclusivity, the, the mono, 
theistic belief that there is only one God is what then angers everybody. Look, the Canaanites, the Philistines, the Egyptians, the Persians, the the Babylonians, they had all kinds of gods. Come on in, the water's great. Today, believe in anything you want. Just don't tell me that your way is the only way. You do that, now we've got problems, right? So, here's the proclamation. That behold, the virgin shall be with child, and you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. Turn with me to to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Again, you've got to understand that this book, the Bible, 66 books. Okay, 66 books. Written over thousands of years. This in Isaiah was written... 700 years before the birth of Christ, 700 years before the birth of Christ, this is the prophecy, this is the proclamation. Isaiah 7, verse 10, Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it deep as Sheol and as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, here's a sign, because this doesn't happen every day. A virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. That's the, the great promise that's coming. And then, in Isaiah 9, we see even more depth. Isaiah 9, 5. For every boot of the booted warrior in battle, toma and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Emmanuel, God with us, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or peace on the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness then on and forevermore. Now, the problem with the prophecy, the problem with their misunderstanding of the prophecy was they forgot a couple key words, a couple key words being eternal, being forever, meaning that this kingdom wasn't going to be a temporary kingdom on earth. This was going to be an eternal kingdom in heaven. This is a spiritual thing. And so this Jesus, this Savior, this King, this God with us is coming to inaugurate inaugurate a program that's eternal, not just here on earth. This time on earth is temporary. What's 70 good years compared to eternity? And so we celebrate Christmas, understanding what it's really about. Verse 24 oh yeah, we're in the middle of a dream here. This whole conversation has been us getting a glimpse into a dream 
and a conversation between an angel and Joseph. Verse 24, and Joseph woke from his sleep. Joseph got woke. Joseph finally gets it. He understands. What does he understand? The greatest story ever told. He gets it now. Do you? Do you really get it? Do you really believe it? Jesus woke from his sleep and did as the Lord commanded. And did as the Lord commanded him and he took her as his wife. He was obedient. We are saved by grace. It's, it's a free gift. We're saved by the mercy of God. We deserve to pay, to suffer the consequences for our sin. But by his mercy, he doesn't condemn us. That's how we're saved. The response to that is to get woke. To obey. To follow. To do. Oh, you say, I have faith. Roman... James covers that. I have lots of faith. It's a secret. That's not acceptable in the scriptures. Show me. Matthew 7, where's your fruit? Now, you don't have to be, you know, the world's greatest fruit tree ever. But I should be able to walk up and know that's an orange tree. I can see it. Maybe it's just a little tiny little orange bud. Maybe, you know, it's not even an orange yet. It's just the green leaves. Oh, we know what comes next. But you got to have fruit. And Joseph gets it and he obeys and he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Yahweh saves. Because Joseph believes. Joseph believes. Joseph and Mary, they're the only two that know. Right? For sure. And the rest of their life is, is devoted and dedicated to that belief. But was it a belief? Or did they know? They knew. They knew she was a virgin. He hadn't touched her. This was of the Holy Spirit. They knew. And so we celebrate this great proclamation of Jesus the King. He's the Savior and He is the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for waking us up.